This is J.G. Hertz, the General Mar Talker on Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Trek FM. Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 21 of Commentary, Trek Stars, a show which deals with the work of Star Trek creators outside of Star Trek. I'm Mike. That's Matt. John's over there. Yeah. Sweet. Perked out, worked out perfectly. Woohoo. It perked okay. out perfectly. <laughs> For those people who didn't hear, there's John and Max. Whatever. Both people of us. understand. Okay. We're playing and each other this time. All right. Great. And we're talking about William Shatner playing himself. This is part seven in our series on that. We're recording this on William Shatner's birthday. Say what? Happy birthday, Mr. Happy birthday, William Shatner. He is now older than America. (laughs) (laughs) But he's Canadian, so that's okay, right? That's totally fine. It's younger in Canadian years. Yes, yeah. Um, this is part seven in our series on William Shatner as himself. We're, we're going to be recapping uh, all of the movies in which he played himself. And, yeah, uh, seeing if this all fits together into one big thing. It does. All right. So the first movie in which William Shatner played himself came in 1999, and that was Free Enterprise. Uh, directed by Robert Meyer Burnett and written by Mark Altman and Burnett and produced by Mark Altman and starring William Shatner as himself. Uh, This is a movie which was about a couple of Star Trek fans who were trying to make it in life and in love and uh, they meet William Shatner in a used bookstore and um, they are guided by their uh, idol, and he leads them uh, down a path towards righteousness. There you go. Yeah. All right. So, uh, John, what did you think about Free Enterprise? Fun movie, worth seeing. And uh, since it's a used bookstore, uh, now that you mentioned that, uh, when they meet Mr. Shatner, uh, he's reading a. Uh, a blue magazine. And I'm wondering, does a used bookstore carry past issues or do they carry current issues of said magazines? I would be curious know. to know. But yeah, uh, yeah fanboys is fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why not? I mean, yeah, you can always buy, you know, back issues of Playboy at like comic book conventions. So I'm assuming it's the same sort of thing. I don't know. Right? I don't know. The one he was reading, though, didn't <laughs> seem to be as highbrow as Playboy, to be honest with you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, talking about, you know, the the uh, overall genius of William Shatner and, and how he's he's uh, a man of many talents. Did you ever see the uh, pictorial that he did for Playboy? I did not. I did not. But I did see him when he had uh, when he had Leonard Nimoy on his talk show, Raw Nerve. And uh-huh. uh, they made some allusion to it where he was like, you know, Leonard, when you shoot photography, everybody thinks it's great. And then when I shoot photography and Nimoy like laughed and he's like, because people know you, Bill. And it, like all of a sudden it cuts and it's like a different part of the conversation. <laughs> well, the, the, the funny story about that was it was like part of this thing that they did where they had like celebrity photographers. And usually what it would be is like someone like, you know, uh, like Snoop Dogg would come in and they'd hand him a camera and he would snap a few pictures and then leave. But William Shatner came in and he's like, I have this idea. I want to present the human body as a landscape. And because of that, I would like a very wide angle lens and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, we don't have any of that stuff. And he's like, well, go get it. And they actually had to wait around. There's like video of it. It's hilarious because the model is just laughing hysterically like this guy's freaking insane. Does he not know what this is? And he's like, I'm going to make this into something artistic. And sure enough, it is definitely much more artistic than, you know, your average Playboy photo shoot. But regardless, um, that is uh, one more side to the genius of William Shatner. He is a photographer as well. Maybe not as skilled as Leonard Nimoy, but, you know, what can you do? 
He tries it all. He did. He, he tries does. It all. He tries. He actually does really kind of like do what Nimoy has done, just like one step behind. You know, like oh, Nimoy's directing a, a Star Trek movie, then I'm going to direct a Star Trek movie. Oh, Nimoy's going to do nude photography, then I'm going to do nude photography. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you could definitely make the. <laughs> I mean. Nimoy definitely went for a, I, I would say, a more artistic road, more yes. of a statement-based road as an artist. But but that's also kind of the thing, where it's like <laughs> Shatner knows his stuff in certain areas. Like, Shatner's like, I'm going to do music. And then Nimoy's like, I'm going to do The Legend of Bilbo Baggins. And Shatner's like, just 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 stop. I've got the music <laughs> part covered. But he can't let Nimoy have his thing. Like, Nimoy's like, I'm going to make two very well-received Star Trek movies. And Shatner's like, I'm going to, too. And then he makes Star Trek V, you know? <laughs> Nimoy was even an actor in Star Trek before Shatner. That's true. He You're was. right. Yeah. There's another case. Wow. So he's just perpetually one step behind Nimoy in every way, except for, you know, being a much bigger star. Yeah, and yeah. I think, mm, if I'm not mistaken, Shatner was in Twilight Zone before Nimoy, right? Yes. Because Nightmare at 20,000 Feet was pretty yeah. early on. I think that was I a think. first or second season episode. He was, yeah. Yeah, Shatner's even in an earlier episode than that one. He's in the, Is he? the a, 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 time, a future predicting um, diner machine apparatus thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They, it oh, like yeah. traps them in the town by knowing everything. It's some like really, it's like a really douchey little diner toy that just really doesn't like people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, so yes, free enterprise. Okay, well, um, Max, what about you? Did you did you like it? Sure, I didn't. I mean, I, I don't. I didn't have a big re- reaction to it. I was like, that was cool. I'm into that. I'll see the next one. <laughs> Still waiting on that one. No, I well, stopped well. waiting. Oh, you did. Now just, oh, okay. Now I'm just annoyed. <laughs> Well, I, I did have a big reaction to it, as I said, you know, in the episode. I'm a very big fan, and, you know, I mean, part of it, a big part of it is that it caught me at just the right place and time and, and everything, and um, I love that movie, and, you know, like I said, back then and in other places, it's like, while I came for the Shatner, I stayed for the rest of it, and uh, mm-hmm. I think that William Shatner's performance in that movie, though, is probably the best performance of his career and uh, one of the best performances of all time, cosmically speaking. So, yeah. cosmically statement. speaking, <clears throat> cosmically speaking, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Next up was Festival in Cannes, which was a weird one. Awful. This is a <laughs> this is a movie about uh, a bunch of people at the Cannes Film Festival and sort of. The, you see kind of uh, in an Altman-esque fashion the various sides of of uh, the industry through various characters who are at various stages in their careers and, and in their um, placement of this festival. Yeah. And, and uh, one of the characters is an actor, a very well-established actor, who... Um, apparently knows William Shatner because the two of them meet very briefly and uh, catch up on old times, after which that actor leaves and says to his assistant or whoever, um, who was that man that was hugging me? And it was William Shatner. Mm -hmm. So now... John, what did you think of that? Oh, you already said it was awful? Let's go to the next movie. Showtime! No, no, no. Hang on, hang on. Now, John, John thinks it was awful. That was very well established on the episode. John I would knows like to it was awful. <laughs> John doesn't think he knows. I, I still right. think I'm the only iTunes review out there, too, so feel free to go on and look it up. Uh, we, we will have to look that up, for sure. Um, I didn't hate it nearly as much as John. I enjoyed it the first time I saw it, and this time I think it didn't really hold up as well as I would have liked. But I... Uh, did still think it was okay. 
But now, Max, you you weren't here for that episode. What what did you think about Festival in Cannes? Um, I actually was not able to watch it for that particular episode. I, I had to go off memory, which was not remembering anything about it other than a few random scenes. Okay. And do you have fond memories or or? No, it's not? like it, it was so unbelievably forgettable that I immediately forgot everything about it. Which isn't okay. exactly unusual. I mean, lots of boring movies are like that. True. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, like essentially everything that wasn't William Shatner in Showtime, I forgot. So. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, hang on just a second here. I want to no. see if. No, no, no. Hang on. I just want to see if if. Uh, John's review does come up when I type it into iTunes here. It better. I didn't curse or nothing. Oh, okay, yes. There <laughs> is one review. <laughs> it's from Kessel Junkie. One star on February 14th, Valentine's Day. I watched this movie simply to provide a review of it for Commentary Trek Stars, a podcast where we review the work of Star Trek creators outside of Star Trek. Since William Shatner appears in this movie, we agreed to watch it. It's a pretentious mess, which also was the title of the, the review. Mm-hmm. Self-important, self-referential, and self-defeating. If there was a script and this wasn't just a bunch of rambling nonsense whenever the director called action, then I'll be shocked. I'm not even sure they had a plot synopsis written down anywhere. It's very rare that I blast a movie for being such a waste of time, but it's a waste of time. So there you go. I consider I like it a that public in the service. Review, you point out that it's a waste of time, but <laughs> you don't times. point out that reviewing it might be a waste of time. <laughs> I I consider it a public service to warn people that might be browsing iTunes. Be like, hey, is this a movie worth seeing? I just saved them two ninety nine and a couple of hours. Yes, you did. You did save them the time of watching it, but they did read the review. Eh, well. That, you know, I mean, you know, even that trade-off. feels like an excessive amount of interest in festivals <laughs> and cans. Mm-hmm. Probably it will never be read by anybody else. And I'm okay with that. I just, I had to do what I could. Right, but when, when, William, when somebody explains to William Shetner how to Google his name, he might end up there and read that and go, well, I got to kill one guy before I die. <laughs> it would be yeah, I don't honor. think that's going to happen. I mean, I think it's safe to say that William Shatner is not at fault for this movie. No, he's, the, he's not. No. Everyone is. He, <laughs> I mean, his his he, I, he was not even, I would say, aware that he was being filmed while filming this movie. So Okay. Yeah. Was Your shot. theory is that he was high the whole time. <laughs> no, no, he my theory is. I mean, um, we talked about yeah. this in the episode, but. The camera's way off in the distance, shot with a telephoto lens during, a, like, a party. And it looks like Maximilian Schell just went up to him and started talking to him. And they shot it as if it were part of the movie. And really, all they do is say, like, hey, I haven't seen you in years. Hey, it's great to see you. Oh, this is crazy. Yes. Hang on, let me turn so that you're facing the camera, literally. And yeah. it's not the camera that, that, that they're looking at either. So, or that's looking at them. So, okay. And anyway, okay. Well, then, Max, you seem rather anxious to move on to Showtime. No, I'm just anxious to not be talking about Festival in Cannes. Okay. All right. So, Max, then, what what did you think about Showtime? This is a movie, the third movie in the in the Shatner cinematic universe. It's a movie in which uh, Robert De Niro and Eddie Murphy are two cops who get sort of roped into a reality TV show. Um, and William Shatner, in one very memorable sequence, needs to teach them how to act like a television cop. So, yeah. Max, so Max, what did you think about Showtime? Showtime is a very bad movie in which William Shatner has a very funny sequence of scenes. Yes. It's not a significant amount of time in the movie. It's not significant enough to make the movie okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I would agree with that. I mean, what, what do you think, John? No, I agree. Uh, you know, the, the Shatner part's really fun to watch. Uh, the rest of it is sort of, uh, I don't know, you know, it's just very boring, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, it's like they could have done so many interesting things with the actors and situations in it, but they didn't. And, uh, 
So it's kind of meh. And uh, the Shatner sequence, I'm sure you can find it somewhere for free. <laughs> I mean, I, I would agree with the two of you that this is a bad movie um, and that the Shatner sequence is easily the best part of the movie. But I think that we need to make it clear, or at least I need to make it clear, that I feel that the Shatner sequence is so good that even if it means watching the entire movie just to see that sequence, it's worth it because that sequence is amazing and his performance in it is amazing. 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 Well, I'll give you this much, Mike, that you, you pointed out when we were talking about it, and I agree, the absolute surreality of William Shatner giving Robert De Niro acting tips is yes. is kind of worth the price. Like that, who would have ever even dreamed, whoever dreamed up that part of it, you know, give yourself a gold star uh, because yep. that's great. And, uh, the you know, the scene where he's uh, showing Eddie Murphy how to raise an eyebrow and act like a tough cop. And, of course, hats off for, you know, uh, doing his own stunts in the scene, uh, which he does. Uh, yeah. Which he yeah. never does. Yeah. But, uh, you know. <laughs> Is that does that make it worth the whole rental? Uh, no, nope. it's not. It's not offensively bad the way Festival in Can is. So you know you could have it on in the background, pay attention during the Shatner thing, and then you know move on. Yeah, I, I think I yeah the intention behind Festival in Can does seem to make it worse. They are probably just as poorly made, but the pretentiousness does make Festival in Can a little bit more objectionable. Yeah. I think Festival in Cannes is definitely better than Showtime on the whole, but That's not William, true. William Shatner's agree. scene in Showtime is better than anything in Festival in Cannes, by, by far. So, All right. Next up was the fourth film, which is the one which was a little controversial, and that was Dodgeball, A True Underdog Story. Controversial. Where was this controversy? Con- well, in terms of <laughs> whether, whether or not this is part of the Shatnerverse. So did this controversy take place entirely in your own head? It took place on this show, it did. I think. It, there, right. there was an open discussion about whether this should even be watched, whether this actually counted as part of the uh, SCU. Yes. Um, so, so, John, what, what do you, you, you were the one who pushed really hard for Dodgeball yeah. to be included in this series. Uh, what's what's your take on it? I love it. And I know I, I, I'm old-fashioned. I like slapstick humor, and I like uh, bad puns, and I like uh, all of that sort of stuff. And I love the over-the-top Ben Stiller, uh, you know, had a Globo gym. You know, White Goodman is hysterical to me. I think he's just incredibly funny, probably because he reminds me of somebody I'm related to. But, uh, you know, and... Take and, that, you know who you are. <laughs> I... It, it, trust me, I, I don't name his name because it's like saying Voldemort. I don't ever want to invoke it and accidentally have him think that I am talking about him. But uh, the uh, the entire movie is great in retrospect as well, or you know, or in current context, the scene of Lance Armstrong coming and giving a pep talk about toughing it out and uh, you know sticking to it is funnier than uh, it was ever intended to be. But yes. um, I think it's a good movie. I think it's worth watching. I think it's funny. It's definitely a thumbs up for me. Yeah. Yeah. This this movie, um, I mean, for those people who don't know, it's about uh, a, a two com- competing gym owners. Oh, my God. It's who... the Bad News Bears, but with dodgeball. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And um, yeah. Shatner plays the the dodgeball chancellor. And the thing that I love about his performance in this movie is his sort of like childlike sense of awe. Like there's like this thing where like, you know, they're going to declare the victor. And I think it's Ben Stiller's like, we are the winners. And he's like, you're right. You are the winners. And then Vince Vaughn or someone comes in and says, no, you know, it needs to be put to a vote. And he's like, he's right. 
it does need to be put to a vote or some, something along those lines. And just the way that he delivers those lines like, ooh, ooh, this is exciting. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what I'm doing either. But, wow, this is crazy. Like, I, I just, I love that. So is this that. another example where William Shatner did a movie without knowing that he was making a movie? They just no. said, hey, come judge our dodgeball competition. <laughs> No, I don't think that I don't think that it is, but uh it could be. You never know. Um and he's like, but I yeah. didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> you know? he, he thought it was another straight to D V D thing. <laughs> I, I mean I, I I do enjoy this movie. I, I don't think it really holds up to repeated viewings. Uh there's moments in it which are funny. I like the premise a lot and I like William Shatner's performance a lot. But on the whole, I don't think that it's um, exceptional by any stretch of the imagination. But what, what about you, Max? What are your thoughts on it? It is not exceptional. Yes. Do you think it's watchable? Do you enjoy it? I I would say that it is hard hard to tolerate a second time. I found it very tedious and... Um, I don't really much care for it. I, I, it's it's one of those. It, I've I said it before in the episode, but like there's a whole, you know, genre of these particular sorts of movies where reality is fudged so hard that it's supposed to be like funny how silly it is. But uh, I think that those tend to work based on how good the characters are. And these characters are kind of been there, done that. I've seen them in a bunch of movies before, and I don't find them particularly compelling. And also, you know, if it was a sketch on the Ben Stiller show, it would have been pretty funny. It also would have been done in the 90s. (laughs) Well, that's probably true. Um, Now, what do you think about William Shatner's performance in the movie? Not much. He doesn't really do all that much i mean okay. it's in the funniest part of the movie but he isn't really an integral component no that's true that's true he's not he i think he makes comes... it better i think that having william shatner in that role makes the role more enjoyable. i think it it makes that entire piece of the movie more enjoyable i really it do sure. yeah I, I would agree with that yeah it does i still i you know still i don't i don't have any strong feelings about it against it i mean there are definitely worse movies of this sort Mm -hmm. and there are a few better i i like um i would put this along the lines of like blades of glory okay and yeah which is also bad okay nevertheless lots of people love that movie passionately this is true this is true it's funny for no good reason it's a funny movie it's almost funny there is really funny stuff in it that they push for too long eh I, I all right you know okay i don't know yeah i, I mean th- those types of movies are not my my cup of tea necessarily but um i'm never really uh um uh, tremendously turned off by them either so you know whatever <laughs> <sighs> Okay. <laughs> what, what? What are you laughing about? Just your absolute resignation. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, all right. No, you know, Fight I mean, that come, man. come on. Are we like, done talking about dodgeball yet, you guys? Come it, on, it, let's it, not it comes, talk about it anymore. Let's it dodge comes from, this subject. <laughs> it comes from me normally like having to watch those movies instead of wanting to watch those movies, but uh, you know. Whatever. Usually, even when I'm forced to watch them, I come away thinking, eh, it's okay. Anyway. Fair enough. All right. Well, the final movie in the Shatner Cinematic Universe was Fanboys, at least up to this point. Um, This is a movie about a group of Star Wars fans who travel across country in late 1998 to break into Skywalker Ranch and steal a print of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace so that they can all watch it before their one friend dies of cancer. And along the way, they meet William Shatner, and he gives them all of the necessary info and uh, schematics and everything and codes and stuff 
to break into Skywalker Ranch in order to complete their mission. So, so Max, um, your thoughts on, on fanboys? Um, it's another goofy cinematic experiment in silliness. Um, it's um, slightly more refined than Dodgeball, but not significantly better. Um, there are moments in it that are cleverly composed. There are nerd references that are so intricate that uh, they are worth seeing. And most of the movie is not that, but they, but it is a road movie, and so it punctuates its point A to point B storyline with a lot of little jokes, some of which are very good, most of which are not, but, you know, it's a road movie, which is just how it goes. And and William Shatner's um, performance? He shows up at the, well, not exactly the end, but he appears, he is amusing in his role, it is slightly bizarre how they got there, it makes a kind of sense that they chose William Shatner for this bizarre circumstance, because his his history makes his arrival utterly shocking, if you don't know it's coming. So, by saying that it's coming, we are essentially removing the best part of fanboys for anybody who hasn't seen it. So, don't bother now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. I I like this movie a whole bunch. I would say this is the second best of all the, the films in the Shatner Cinematic Universe. And I love his role in it because, you know, like like we were saying last week, in addition to it being really funny, it's also um, uh, something which is integral to the, the plot. And, um, you know, they, the actions of William Shatner, whether they, they're off screen or not, um, really sort of resonate through the final act of the film. So I think that's pretty cool. And I think that it is pretty funny. Um, and and sort of implies some uh, some rivalry between the two franchises, which is amusing as well. So, but John, you you weren't here with us last week, I and was not. Uh, I don't know. Did you did you get a chance to to watch it? Yeah, I did. Um, and now, as as someone who's a big fan of the prequels, I'm yeah. very curious to uh, to know what your your reaction to the film was. Yes, how yeah. did you react wrong? <laughs> if I had seen this movie back in 98 90 Mike what you said about um you know free enterprise I had I seen this back at the right time in my life this movie would have spoken to me a little bit more uh because that conflict that's set up of you know standing on the the precipice of you know embracing your fate as an adult and you know your Star Wars fandom you know, it, it resonates, uh, or it would have resonated at the time. Um, I think it's a cute movie. I think that it almost gets there. There are a couple of things. I, I don't know if it's because the references are so dated, um, or the sensibilities are a little dated, you know, and, you know, for my money, the, the, Star Trek versus Star Wars rivalry is silly and always has been. So those sorts of jokes never hit with me. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. having Shatner in it as the one who gives them the means to get in and steal the film is inspired. I think that's wonderful. But it sort of sets up this weird thing that, that you touched on with Dodgeball, where you have Carrie Fisher, you have Billy D. Williams, you have these act and Ray Park even act, you know, they're, these actors that are intricately tied to the series, you know who they are, but they're playing roles. But then William Shatner is playing himself. And it's, it's difficult because it's, how can you acknowledge Shatner as Shatner, but you can't acknowledge anybody else who's like, I mean, come on, Carrie Fisher and Billy D Williams. I mean, it'd be like if they got like Dennis Lawson and you can get away with Ray Park, but Come on, guys. You know, like it, it, it's just tough to have to juggle that and yeah. say, OK, well, this person is not their famous persona, but William Shatner is him. And it's, you know. 
Yeah, it is strange. Yeah, I, and I kind of felt that while watching it too. It was it's like, are we supposed to know? But now we are supposed to know. Yeah, it's it's very strange. But uh, but yeah. So on the whole, you thought it was decent, but it didn't really blow you away. It it tugs at sort of a nostalgic heart string for remembering that time where I had to decide between reality and my obsession with star wars and sort of and we all know which way you went my obsession with star wars completely won (laughs) absolutely yeah you denied the obvious reality that the prequels are terrible and embraced the fantasy that everything was fine you're gonna be the one max you're gonna be the one after all of these years to finally break through that lie and make me have that self-actual you're cyborg that's who you are you are you are Cybok in Shatner's Tour de Force Star Trek Five. You so have made me embrace my pain. You're working so hard to prove me wrong. It's, it's fascinating <laughs> how much energy you, you exert in this. You're like, come on, you guys, you got to know, you've got to know, you've got to know. I am not just yelling this to hear myself say it. I I'm, actually believe it. I'm Rocky against Clubber Lang in the final fight. Come on, hit me, hit me, hit me. No, just let you get it out you're of your Ed system. Norton's character in Fight Club. that means i'm also tyler durden which is pretty awesome yes also completely insane and denying a very (laughs) obvious reality that you are lying to yourself for a very long time you've established a whole a whole group of people who are on board with your philosophy oh wait that's exactly what you're doing literally exactly what you've done you know, I'm 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 with you, John. I, I still like those movies. Words with nerds is your fight club. <laughs> Actually, kind of is. Okay, fair enough. Oh, well. I mean, it's even kind of got fighting in its title. I mean, you are living out a very bizarre permutation of Fight Club, and I'm looking forward to the ending when it gets really dark. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But but I, I mean, here's the question, John. If if you're living Fight Club, then you know we have to ask: if you could fight anyone, who would you fight? William Shatner. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, yes. Uh, so so that that's it. That's the Shatner Cinematic Universe: Free Enterprise, Festival in Cannes, Showtime, Dodgeball: A True Underdog Story, and Fanboys. However, you could say that it extends to the television uh, side of things as well. Um, as far as I can tell, there are four television series which fit into the Shatner Cinematic Universe. They are Mork and Mindy, um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, yeah. The Larry Sanders Show, oh, yeah. and Futurama. Oh, that's um, right. Out of those, the only one that I've seen is Futurama. I really want to see Fresh Prince. Um, Great appearance. Well, I want to see all of them. But yeah, I mean, have you guys seen seen the other? Uh, seen any of them? Have you seen the Mork and Mindy episode? I think the Mork and Mindy episode is the only one I haven't seen. Okay, and uh, Fresh Prince. I, I, I've heard that I, like he I don't remember he hangs this. out with him or something. I don't re- I don't remember any of this, but I'm fairly certain that I've seen every episode of the French Prince of Bel Air. Okay. Do you remember that episode, John? I do. Uh, it's really funny. Uh, Carlton winds up knocking out his tooth, and they have to go okay. to the dentist. Um, he knocks out it, William Shatner's tooth? Yeah. Yeah. The, he's playing pool, oh. and uh, Carlton gets all excited because it's William Shatner, and he winds up hitting him in the face with a pool cue and knocking out his tooth, and then they go to the dentist, and the nitrous is turned on. And this is probably an entire class that I could have gotten an A in in college, but I probably got a C because I remember this episode instead. Excellent, excellent. Um, and then the Larry Sanders show, neither of you see that? No, I didn't see that one. Yeah, I watched the entire Larry Sanders show. Do you remember Shatner's appearance? I think he had more than one. Okay. But not vividly, no. I mean, like, again, not 90s. It's been a long time. I remember Duchovny's okay. appearances really well because he had oh, much yeah. well, more of a are... narrative. Mm. Yeah, I, I never saw them, and I remember them. You know, it was... Legendary. You never saw them and you remember them? Is this some sort yeah. of eternal sunshine nonsense? <laughs> well, it's it's one of those things where it's part of the culture at that time, you know? I mean, you just, okay. you're aware of it, even if you haven't seen it. 
Yeah. Um, and then Futurama, of course, was part of uh, where no fan has gone before, where they have his head yes. and everything. And it's pretty amazing. Once again, Leonard Nimoy was on it first. Leonard yes, Nimoy was. was on it first, yes, yeah. But but in this one, I mean, there's so many great Shatner moments in it where, like, he's going into a fight and he rips his shirt beforehand. Yep. Yep. Or when he talks about how oh, there's the thing where Leonard Nimoy says, like, you need to respect, you know, your talent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, for example, when I directed Star Trek three, <laughs> I respected William Shatner as an actor. And then Shatner says, and when I directed Star Trek five, I, as a director, respected myself as an actor. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> but I think my favorite moment in that whole thing, and I still I don't understand why this isn't on my iPod right now actually is when um William Shatner um does a, a cover of um the real Slim Shady. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is fantastic. How do you do a spoken word of a rap song? <laughs> he found a way. Because he's William Shatner. That's yeah. what he does, you know? <laughs> so yeah, definitely check that out. Um all right. Well um any final thoughts or conclusions which can be drawn from uh, this overall body of work, you know, if we're looking at this in, in a Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of way and trying to find the bigger picture? Um, Max, anything? Again, I keep saying that that is completely wrong. That okay. the whole premise that you're approaching this from is completely wrong. There is no cohesive whole. It is not a series. Everything fits into everything else. You cannot draw a box around a set of things and say that this is the Shatner Cinematic Universe and this over here isn't. They connect up. If Shatner's in it, sure, it's part of it. If Shatner's not in it, it's probably still kind of part of it because they are cultural artifacts. So, like, Fight Club is part of the Shatner Cinematic Universe? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, what, what about you, John? I'm with you, Mike. I think that there is a Shatner cinematic universe because each one of these movies is William Shatner perfecting the art of playing himself. And he is an expression of the public persona William Shatner. I don't think this is really who William Shatner is, but he is he has very carefully and very uh, shrewdly crafted this completely fun persona about himself, slightly insane ultimately powerful and uh you know intricately connected to everything that's happening in the world he can show up anywhere because of who he is and so yeah i'm totally down with the the scu yeah i i i agree with what you're saying john and i think the, just the thing that i would add to that you know in watching all of these movies is um it really does even though he is playing himself what these films show is kind of like Shatner's range as a comedic actor and how he can adapt uh, and play himself differently depending on the needs of the material. And I think that... Or the one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but what it shows more than anything, I think, is that you know William Shatner is an extremely good comedic actor. And uh, it's sad that he doesn't get more um praise and more work for that you know yeah how come he's not part of judd apatow's stable you know i mean that doesn't make any sense to me you know, judd apatow's wasting his time with girls right now he'll get back around to it yeah yeah wait a minute you mean like actual <clears throat> girls or the show girls the show girls i oh, i, I should have been clearer that's about unconscionable that. <laughs> <laughs> well you, you like the show girls max no it's it's a it's an abhorrent. Oh, oh, oh! You're you're mad at Judd disgusting thing. For okay, I see. I don't know how much he does on that show. Anyway, apparently his new movies they say it's like his best. So we'll see. Mm. Anyway, anyway. Regardless, that's William Shatner. You know, boldly going where no man has gone before, playing William Shatner. No one's done it before him. That's true. Not even Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy <laughs> never played William Shatner. Honestly, you know what? Probably we're wrong. On it, like thinking about it, we're probably wrong about that. Honestly, he probably has. Probably, yeah. Well, it's been fun talking about William Shatner today, but this isn't the only thing we've been talking about here on Trek FM this past week. So here's a quick look at some other things you may have missed elsewhere on the network. 
Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. It's not an overstatement, and you had said in your introduction that without without him and his hand guiding all of this, then, then it's unlikely that two would have been what it was, and if it had not been successful, then it, it, you know, it probably would have meant the end of Star Trek at that point. Earl Grey. Like, I'm expecting Ricardo Martaban to, like, walk around the corner and be like, Captain Picard, welcome. This is Rise of Five. The shuttlecraft. The shuttlecraft. The orb. Curzon is involved with the Kittimer yep. Accords. Spock is at Kittimer when those are being talked about. So you would think they would have run into each other They're at least. probably hung out in the bar together. To the journey! One guy's like, why don't we just write better stories for Wesley? And then the lead writer's like, you out! The Ready Room. The movie series would not have relaunched and and become what it was if not for the amazing bounce of the Wrath of Khan. The Wrath of Khan was to Star Trek the same thing that uh, the Best of Both Worlds was to Next Generation. Commentary: Trek stars. It's also the end of a character and a thing that is really about how uh, death is just a part of life. And that while there's an end, it doesn't mean that it's the end. Literary treks. Well, I've always liked the. Uh, I like that episode for. I mean, it's one of the most derided of the of the original series episodes. But yet, I always it has a place in my heart for some reason. I've always enjoyed watching mm-hmm. it over. So um, I wanted to do something with those guys, the Scalbians. The Six O Two Club. Like I, I could kind of dismiss droids in distress and fight or flight and everything like that and i was just kind of watching the background but all of a sudden i started catching myself like stopping working and just focusing on watching and uh, and so it just got better and better and better and i think i was hooked by episode four breaking ranks that's when i was like okay i like this show this is good warp five in the history of axanar Alec Peters and Christian Gossett wrote a section of the history dealing with the Arcanus campaign. And in the Arcanus campaign, a majority of Starfleet ships were destroyed. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button. That helps us out greatly and makes it easier for other listeners to find the show as they search iTunes. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course you can stream and download the MP3 files from our website and grab the RSS link as well. Uh, One way that you can help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week is to become a patron of the network on Patreon. If you visit patreon.com slash trekfm, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm, you'll find our current goals and different milestone contribution levels along with all the great perks we have for you. These perks include early access to content, exclusive content, producer credits, seats on our content development team, and more. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trek.fm. If you want to contact us, uh, you can find a form over on trek.fm slash contact. You can also leave a voicemail for us. Just look on the sidebar of the show page or go to speakpipe.com slash trek.fm. Uh, on Twitter, you can find us at TrekFM. On Facebook, you can find us at Facebook.com slash TrekFM. And there's also the Babel Conference. Just type the Babel Conference, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook or go to our website at Trek.FM and click Discussion on the menu bar. Now, we actually did get a couple voicemails this week. So uh, here, let's have a listen. They're, they're both from Tom. So here's, here's what Tom has to say. Hello, this voicemail is for Commentary Trek Stars. My name is Thomas, and I've been a Star Trek fan for about 35 years, first starting to watch TOS in syndication. And I've been a fan of some of the series, read some of the books. Uh, I was disappointed with Next Gen. I've only watched one episode of Deep Space Nine. 
Uh, but I love Enterprise very much, and I love Voyager, and especially Janeway. Janeway, The Doctor, Tuvok, and of course, Seven of Nine are my favorites. Uh, Kate Mulgrew, I do remember seeing as Mrs. Columbo, and she was great in that role. I don't watch soap operas, so I can't comment on Ryan's Hope. But uh, I just love what she was able to bring to that role, her very commanding performance. And it was just wonderful. And and thank you for uh, talking about her and especially about her theatrical training and the, the wide range of her, her, of her skills, her gifts. Uh, and I love the fact that she was able to beat Shatner at his own game. Thanks very much. Live long and prosper. Thanks for the feedback, Tom. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it, she, she is a good actress, and she definitely has, has range outside of Star Trek. But, Absolutely. Tom, you've only seen one episode of Deep Space Nine? Yeah. What's, what's going on? Please. What's going on? Please watch more. <laughs> Which episode did you watch? That's what I'm dying to know. I mean, if you're an original series fan, it seems to make sense that the episode would be Trials and Tribulations, right? But, yeah, that would make sense. But there's so much more. And also, if you're an original series fan, I think you would like Deep Space Nine a lot because while it's not like a clone of the original series, it was made by a bunch of original series fans and it really captures the heart of the original series. Please, do us a favor. Watch... No, watch do your episode. own self a favor, Tom. <laughs> do your own self a favor. Watch another episode of Deep Space Nine and then get back to us. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Well, we got another voicemail from Tom. So uh, let's, let's take a listen to that. Hello. This message is for Commentary Trek Stars. Uh, this is Thomas again. I left an earlier voicemail. And uh, I want to follow up with that by saying um, I watched the, the YouTube clips of the scenes that, that uh, Genevieve Vujol did. For Voyager, and it wouldn't have worked. I think I said that last time, but I saw Anne of the Thousand Days, and she was excellent. Her performance was just absolutely, absolutely excellent. Uh, in the Voyager clips, uh, I loved her voice, except like the quality of her voice, except you know for the absence of inflections, and she would say uh, like shields up or evasive action, red alert. Like it's not red alert; it's red alert. You know, it has some some vigor to it uh, to get people moving, snapping. So, but she was uh, she was very good in that movie, and um, it's a famous English period movie, and it was uh, very long, but it's very very good too. So, but I'm so glad that Kate Mulgrew went out in the end, and um, I love the fact that she is proud of her work on Voyager and does not denigrate it in any way. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks again, Thomas. We really appreciate yeah, that. thank you. Yeah, and I have to watch Anne of a Thousand Days because I've never seen it. I hear everyone talk about it. You know, everyone says it's really good. I think maybe it's also the fact that people do say, like Thomas was saying, that it's really long, and when they're like, Anne of a Thousand Days, I think to myself, like, is it going to feel like a thousand days? <laughs> You know, no, it flies by. It feels like nine hundred twelve days. <laughs> feels like right. you're on vacation for a thousand days. <laughs> but but yes, thanks again, Thomas, uh, for for the uh, the info and and everything, and thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And and be like Thomas, you know, send us a voicemail, and and also watch some Deep Space Nine. But thanks a lot, Thomas. We do really appreciate it. Very um, much. Very much. Yeah. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor who helps us bring commentary, Trek stars, and all of our shows to you each week. And our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Uh, Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have the time for, including books by William Shatner, books like The, the Return. Return. The Return which was um, written and narrated by William Shatner. The description here, Legends Never Die, 
old friends are reunited and ancient secrets revealed as Kirk, Spock, Picard, Riker, Data, and all of the Federation's best and brightest are enmeshed in a cosmic saga that will test their strengths and loyalties to the very limit. A personal tale of tragedy and triumph that could only have been written and read by William Shatner. Or maybe Judith and Garfield Reeves Stevens. I'm not 100% positive on that. But, John, you're in the process of reading this book, I am in the process of reading the book, and it's quite enjoyable. I highly recommend it. Is this... Is this the one where, like, Seven of Nine brings him back with Borg technology or something? She hasn't shown up, but uh, I can tell you that uh, it involves Romulans, the Borg, and um, Picard on a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only in my dreams. Wild guess. Uh, I was just wild but, guess. Uh, just throwing out some... Yeah. Phoebe Cates sort of appears in everything involving my my brain. Uh, but uh, the, the, the premise of it is pretty interesting, that uh, there's... It's the Romulan granddaughter of uh of the commander in balance of terror uh brings kirk back from the dead to uh strike vengeance at the federation by reconditioning him and the borg are involved and uh it's yeah it you know for for anything that would qualify as uh you know expanded universe it's it's worth it you know pick it up it, it, it's, it's kind of fun it fits into gremlins continuity it does Everything does, though. <laughs> and because you can get it for Cates. free. That's right. And you can get this book for free since you listen to uh, Trek FM. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And we thank Audible for supporting commentary trek stars and the network all right well i can't think of a better way to celebrate william shatner's birthday than by talking about william shatner playing william shatner um so this has been this has been fun Um, probably the same way that william shatner celebrates his birthday yes i'm sure i'm sure (laughs) so so john where can people find you on the internet on Twitter, you can find me at Kessel Junkie, and uh, you can also find me uh, causing trouble on a podcast called Words with Nerds that appears on the expected channels, Stitcher and iTunes and blah, 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 and uh, give us a listen. And, and Max, you're still uh, not making your um, Twitter account available for public consumption? It's, um, it's, not, it's not ready for public consumption. I'm still working on it got to put together a good body of tweets <laughs> so that when people read it they think should i be worried about this guy <laughs> all right well you can find me on twitter at mumbles 3k and uh, you can also find me on uh, trek fm doing standard orbit with drew and you can find both max and myself on commentary trackstars.com doing commentary trackstars off topic with brandon and you can find all of us on Twitter at ComTrackStars, or you can email us at ComTrackStars at gmail.com. All right. Indeed. Well, that's, that's it for William Shatner. And next week, you see, this is the one instance where Shatner sneaks in ahead of Nimoy, right? We will be following up our William Shatner series with a series on Leonard Nimoy, where we are going to be looking at his work as a television star. 